Welcome to Music Speaks. This podcast dedicates itself to how music impacts people's lives. For this show, we will be your guest hosts. My name is Meredith Newman and co-host is Hanif Lawrence. Hi, Meredith. Um, Well, just to start off, we believe that many people have a playlist that makes their life unique through music. We pride ourselves on building upon our musical knowledge with our featured guests, jamming to incredible music, talking about a wide variety of artists and composers, and everything in between. So today, as Meredith said, we're your guest hosts, and we'll be going through Hunter's and Sean's selections. So with that, here we go. All right, so we are going to start with If I Were In Your Shoes, which is a song by Marilyn May. And Hunter, this is your selection. It right? is. Okay. Uh, so I took a listen to this. Um, I, I I feel like I should know this person. I've never heard of this person. And I also have never heard of this tune. So there it is for what it's worth. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I'm, I'm not actually. Coming. Yeah. I, when I was, I had never heard of Marilyn May either. Um, okay. And then I actually found her while I was listening to the radio. She was on the Sirius XM on Broadway station, not because she was singing anything Broadway related, but because I guess she was just, you know, friends of the theater or whatever. Um, but she got her, she got, two, she had two big breaks, one when she was younger and one when she was much older um, that like revitalized her career. So she was 78 years old when she was rediscovered. Um, and she's currently 96. Yeah, I saw that she is currently, like, she's yes. alive. <laughs> she is. She's alive and still yeah. performing um, across nightclubs. She was a nightclub singer, and as the nightclub scene started dying, her career faded out, mm. and it was then brought back. But Johnny Carson was a big fan of hers, and she was on his show, like, 70-something times over his run, which is how she was f- popular in the first place. Yeah, I saw that. And, like, right, when I listened, it's definitely a... Uh, it's a combination voice. Mm-hmm. It's it's jazz slash music theater for sure. Yes. You can hear like you can hear like Ethel Merman creeping in the yes. back. Just like you know what that is right, a very just right on the edge. Yep, very <laughs> um, much so. Which is funny because if you see her, she's a tiny part. Like I mean, now she's a little bit older, she's a little heavier. But when she was young, yeah. she was very tiny. Yeah, uh, it reminded me like I love Julie London, and I particularly love this album yeah. around midnight that I just love. And this seemed like, right, like if Ethel Merman like kind of was producing it and like got in there, that's what the album would become was like this vibe, this album, <laughs> this song, you know? Um, but yeah, and it's got that like, that lush 60s orchestration, which almost sounds, mm-hmm. you know, like Nat King Cole in the 60s, yeah. got that uh, that whole thing. And not, right, <laughs> I wrote a note to myself, which was that this is like the crazy cat lady's anthem. <laughs> It's just like this like lonely lady who's like, well, good for you. Mm-hmm. Have fun, honey. I'm just going to sit at home with my cats. <laughs> um, what's funny is like, you know, all those, you know, Julie London and Nat King Cole, obviously big in the 60s. Julie London, uh, Ann Richards, um, you know, Edie, well, not so much Edie Gorman because she was more of a stage performer. But mm. um, all of the singers around that time period, right, they were the post- um, you know, singers who found their their popularity in the post-war era. They were fans and aficionados of the big band war, you know, depression era singers, but they had not matured yet. So mm-hmm. their style was coming out of like they they idolized, you know, the Andrew sisters and Vera Lynn and yeah, yeah. You know, Ella Fitzgerald. But 
they were also part of this new age where, you know, they were supposed to display this sort of sultry feel, um, which added to that nightclub uh, dark, you know, you mentioned Julie London's album being around midnight. It's that idea of like, you're out in the city late at night and sort of the world is all yours and that kind of idea. Um, But this particular song, which of hers, which I love, I mean, she has such a powerful voice, but it's, it's, you know, we've talked about on here. I love waltzes and I think it just, the momentum of the song really carries it. Um, And I mean, it's, not an easy song to sing. I mean, she's, you know, belting the song and, and going all the way, utilizing the entire range of motion uh, or the entire, um, the entire range of her voice. So I think it's an impressive display of vocal skill. And is, yeah, I was going to ask you, you know, I don't know if you're just kind of a fan of the album itself or this particular song, like why this particular song? I think just the the, the feel of the song, the waltz feel, the carousel leaf kind of feel. Um, yeah, yeah. And, uh, I do like the album itself. The album itself is very good that it comes from, but uh, I, I think I'm a, I'm a fan of hers in general. Um, and I think it's funny that, you know, I found myself a fan of hers being when she was so much older. Mm-hmm. And then like a lot of people who discover um, sort of the big band era, right. They go back and start looking at earlier works um, and you find out like, Oh, this person had, you know, albums when they, when they were younger. And this is, for her, it was a second career, but I mean, some people have popularity that lasts a lifetime. You got like a Sinatra type character, some people who have bursts of popularity all over the place. So it is interesting to, to sort of see. But what's funny is if you listen to her in her 90s, mm. um, she is, in fact, almost, I mean, she has almost as powerful a voice as she did back then. I believe that, actually, because like I said, the, the Ethel Merman thing, like you can hear mm-hmm. that it's a voice. I don't want to say it's a voice that ages well. It's just that it's like already aged. Like they already. <laughs> yes, mean you're 45 when you're 18. Yeah, yeah, they are right. She already like sounds like a chain smoker, and she probably is. You know, like I mean, well, mm-hmm. she probably is. It's 1966 or whatever. But, but mm-hmm. like you know, it's got that edge and that husk to it that just kind of like, yeah, just stays strong. Definitely. No, well, so we were we were I, in the same mind there. Yeah, so I'm really glad I, I I am really glad you introduced me to her because it's just it's just a name I did not know and right I, all that Johnny Carson stuff in the double career, um, really interesting. So just someone yes. I, I had never heard of. So thanks for putting this on the list. Oh, you're very um, welcome. So I'm gonna pass it off to my co-host who is gonna talk about Playas by Koi Lorray. Wow, thanks for saying that, because I was wondering, sitting here, um, wondering to myself, how do I pronounce this? <laughs> uh, but yeah, that was going to be my try too, so coil array. Mm. Now, this is one of Sean's picks, right? And when I listened to it, I was taken on two different journeys. First of all, mm. um, this song samples a very old song. Mm. Um, it samples the message by Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five, but that's not how I knew it. I knew it from um, Can't Nobody Hold Me Down by Puff Daddy. Mm. <laughs> that's where I heard it. So I was like, wait, does this sample Can't Nobody Hold Me Down? And I researched it. I was like, no, Can't Nobody Hold Me Down also sampled Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five. Right. So it took me down a rabbit hole and then further into the rabbit hole, and I was interested. Mm. The second thing was that um, it was like the, the the text for this, like the lyrics or the the the, the voice track, was also used in like 
a TikTok, like a TikTok mm-hmm. audio. Mm-hmm. And um, so I'm very interested to hear more about this song, like how it came into your your purview, Sean. How did you hear about players? What about this makes it special? Why is it on your list? Yeah, I'll tell you, which is really interesting, which is I don't know how it got in my head, but it did. Um, it just It's just one of those days where, and, and you and I have talked about this, where you go down a rabbit hole of YouTube videos and you're like, what am I going to watch today? What am I looking at these shorts? And then this just keeps popping up and up. And it is just so damn catchy. And you guys are going to be so tired of me saying this throughout this entire podcast. But I love Koi. She is so freaking cool. And what I like about her is that she doesn't care what other people think about her. It's just, it's, she has this amazing conversation with Mickey, uh, Nicki Minaj that is just unrepeatable on this podcast, but it is, it is, it is, it is so funny and it's so real. And she talks about the song as, as if it's just like, yeah, it's a song. I mean, like girls are players too. I think that that is such a cool line in a song. Um, And like you said, there's just, there's so many avenues with hip hop and rap that go back decades and decades and, and, and then swim through all this, like, organized like 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 tears of of where this the original beat came from it's it's so freaking cool and it just culminates to the feeling of like it's like it's like and she sings and she raps and but it doesn't even sound like she raps because it's just it's like it's so easy for her Mm -hmm. so it's like it's it's that honestly what i really wanted to take away from this one was like how simple, how easy, how like flowing it is. And honestly, how like you can just listen to it as you're like, you're going down the stream or like you're, you're, you're on like a, like a, one of those, um, you're on a family vacation and then your family goes off and does something crazy, but you just go ahead and, and sit on the lazy river forever. You know, it's mm-hmm. one of those where you just kind of like, it just, it sets, it's it, the mood is, is perfect for the song, you know? Indeed, it does have that laid-back vibe. Um, and for those of us who may not realize, Puff Daddy, <laughs> from my generation, when the song was released, his name was Puff Daddy. Um, <laughs> he, he rebranded soon after um, and changed his name to P. Diddy. So mm. if that name rings some more bells, then, then that's who that is. But just thinking about the fact that this the, 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 the sample... Um, Mm-hmm. It was taken from Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five. It it makes you think good music is just good music. A good beat is a good beat. And it's just so well produced that it, it, it clearly it has something. The qualities of it just resonate with different generations. It's like you find it and all of a sudden it's a hidden gem that's been brought back into everyone's consciousness. But again, mm-hmm. when I heard this, it wasn't even on this beat originally. It was, as I said, somewhere on TikTok. And I know you're not one for the TikToks or the, the, the Instagrams, Sean, but um, I had wondered if that's maybe where you heard it first and then dove down that rabbit hole, but I guess not. You know, I heard it first on YouTube. Um, that, that's, yeah, and that's where I found it. Um, and I'll just say, I'll say this, like, just like the Verity, your words are pure and perfect and unimaginable, and I will not try to reproduce what you just said because it's it's everything you said was correct. Like, <laughs> what, I, what I find so enjoyable about the song is just like two things one the presence of the character and we'll find that in lizzo when we talk about lizzo which is 
that Lizzo has this energy that is just, it's so like, it's so forward, but yet it's so laid back and yet has such a great presence for, for people of all different kinds of generations. And like, yes, the language in, in Koi song isn't like, you know, the most like it's an explicit lyric. There are explicit lyrics in the song, but it's so laid back. And I think that's what people are, kind of imagining music to be like we listen to something really strict and serious and we're like okay this is what it's like but like what there are there other genres of music that we can have this vibe with and and really connect with and that's where i i found the connection to the song that's nice and as you say it's very forward like um like lizzo would be but when i was listening to it before i knew who sang it I like when I heard it, I thought it was Rihanna. Ha, yeah, shoot me, hang me. I don't know. I thought it was Rihanna, but it's not. Uh, because it's yeah. very laid back the way that she talks. She, like, the way she, how would I put this? It's not really rap because it's hip hop and she's not necessarily rapping, but the way she delivers it, mm. it's very laid back in, in a similar style to Rihanna. Right. Um, it but, just, like you said, it just like I'll say my last thing, which is it just transcends both genres. It's just it's so freaking cool on so many levels of of the writing and the musicality and just the laid backness is, is just one aspect of it that just makes it so like so circular and so like straightforward thinking, you know? Indeed, indeed. Well, from there, I was taken on a whole different journey by Love is in the Air by Hargood Hardy, which um, <laughs> is one of Hunter's pieces. Now, I don't know if y'all selected the order that the songs came in, but this was quite a jump. Um, <laughs> Love is in the Air feels very 70s. It's giving me yeah. Three's Company tea. It's giving <laughs> me elevator music. Um, yeah, that's that's how I felt here. How did this come across your scope, Hunter? Where where well, did this come from? <laughs> well, believe it or not, I'm I'm a big fan of bossa nova, and I'm I am actually a big fan of elevator elevator music, um, well, because it's it's actually a genre. I mean, it's an entire genre, um, born out of the bossa nova crave in the in the '60s, and then when um it started to transition to pop culture, became what we think of now as elevator music, though at the time that was not what they called it. Um, and, uh, there's an easy listening station on my, on my serious radio and this song just happened to pop up and I'm like, I'm sitting there driving in my car to work and it's like, maybe, I don't know, it's like quarter to seven in the morning mm-hmm. and I'm driving to work and this pops on and I'm like, Oh, like this is, <laughs> this, I would get excited about this. And so I didn't get, I got to work and I wasn't able to finish. So I have, you know, some of my speakers in my classroom. So I get into my classroom and no one else is there. I, I put this song on because I, I, I remember the song. And I'm just sitting there in my room like, this is really good. Like, I, you know, it has a, a heavier beat than I expected um, to liken some, some quote unquote elevator music. But I really like the use of the, the vibraphone in it. Um, it. It adds such a. I think a pleasant atmosphere to the song because it being, you know, the vibraphone being percussive by nature, um, I think is an interesting, maybe not contrast, but well, an accompaniment, I'll say to the heavier beat. Cause you got the beat going pretty heavy, but then the percussiveness of the vibraphone is softer. Mm-hmm. So that, and I just, I love the tonality of the song. Like it, it just has such a, um, you know, there's definitely a lot of like sevenths and ninths thrown in there that are really adding to the to the sound of the piece. It's edgy, but it's still mellow. Right, exactly. Yeah, I think yeah. that's a good way of putting it. 
Yeah, very elevator music, very, very accurate. The vibraphone also gives it that that ringiness, that kind of oh, yeah. that you expect in this era of music, and very much in elevator music. Mm-hmm. Um, now the almost melody, a, almost like ethereal feeling. Yeah, exactly. Um, the melody of this, when I heard it, I was like, "Why does it sound so familiar to me?" Mm-hmm. And then I remembered back in the late '90s, early 2000s. So. For those who don't remember or don't know, I'm from Jamaica. Um, And on Jamaican TV, there was this ad for a local bank, like the National Commercial Bank is what they were called. And they had a a credit card that was also associated with our national airline, Air Jamaica. And Air Jamaica was called like the Lovebird airline oh really right? yeah <laughs> so the key so, so so the um so the credit card because it was affiliated with the, the airline was the lovebird key card um the key card was a type of credit card anyhow um the advertisement campaign for the lovebird key card featured this melody Did it? um now <clears throat> it was love is in the air lovebird <laughs> key card is around i said wait a minute wait a minute why do I know this melody? And that's where it was from. So clearly, the ad campaign people were like, hey, we know the age group we're marketing to. We know who mm-hmm. our audience is. Let's, let's, let's tap into a melody that they know. People Since like this was from 68, 70s. Yeah, <laughs> People from, you know, 68 when this thing was released in the early 70s, they're like, this will trigger a memory and they'll want to come to our come to our bank and get our credit card and use our services. So they're playing with that nostalgia. Yeah, now I know here for all of my, I don't know, up until now, for the past 34 years of my life, I thought this was just a catchy melody that they came up with. Now to find out it was not, they were just yeah. using an existing melody, but changing it for themselves. Like, I don't know if anybody can sue at this point for some royalties or something, but just putting that out there if anyone wants to follow up. <laughs> well, but, you yeah. know, clearly for me, you know, obviously. Back in my my younger years, when I was flying Air Jamaica, um, you know, I was I was entranced by the song. Um, somewhere when I was floating in the ether, they had um, it bumping in the bathrooms. <laughs> <laughs> Elevator music, restroom music. There it is. It does. It has that feel, right? You expect to like hear this just sort of in a shopping mall, or you know, in a, maybe right bathrooms or airport. Yeah. I think, I don't know. I find it so catchy. Yeah, there it is. But looking at the next piece we have on the list here, uh, Sean already was talking about Lizzo, and it just so happens that the next piece is by Lizzo. But I'll let Meredith talk to you about what song it is and get some feedback from Sean. Sean couldn't help himself. He he was already... So I'm excited. He must really love this one. Um, This is To Be Loved. That's the number two. Very important. To be loved by Lizzo, um, which I've heard. Like, yeah, this is like '80s Kenny Loggins, Michael McDonald vibes. I'm like, like all oh, over right it. Alley. Oh, it is right up that alley, <laughs> right up that bowling alley. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but like, definitely sounds like I, I really, or at least it doesn't seem to directly sample anything, but it definitely is like really close to the Pointer Sisters. I'm so excited, like really close. Um, which, yeah, again, all of this is like totally up my alley. I love, right. What's not to, what's not to like here. It's just a fun romp and you can like roll your leg warmers up in the morning, (laughs) you know? So, I mean, that's it. And I just, 
I think it's actually like I don't know why I feel the word adorable is right, but it's kind of like adorable that this is on the list for you, just because yeah. like I don't know your stuff it tends to be maybe like a little more serious. Like there's I don't know this is just like so light and so fun and just yeah so. Yeah, tell me about like, because it seems like you like just kind of Lizzo in general and like her. Um, yeah, I, I like what you said. And, and she's just kind of got this like welcoming vibe about mm, her. Right. It's just open, welcoming, and like, here we are. So tell me more. Well, her appearance in the episode six of The Mandalorian season three was much, appre- was much appreciated in that. <laughs> um, no, um, this song is one of the most chillest hottest vibe like you put on sunglasses you're driving a jeep and you're literally driving down the coast it's it's just it's it's so cool um just like koi in that it's it's just it's it's just it's it's such a feel-good song mm-hmm. um and i you, i mean you can't deny feel good feel good songs i mean hunter and i put together a really good list of four really good feel good songs in, mm-hmm. in the in our opening section here um, and, and this song promotes a couple of things. Like one, Lizzo is one of the like most likable artists of our time and will be for the next 10, 20 years. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing is that she has this vibe that is so important for young women and, and just so many people around the world who are trying to find themselves. And Lizzo points that out in her music and i think that is so encourageable and just it's so beautiful um and that's probably why i love lizzo the most is because lizzo is like a koi Leroy where koi is new to the scene as well but like lizzo since day one does not care how big she is how great her voice is and just wants to show her love to so many people and she relates to so many aspects of, of of our living, which is she talks about love. She talks about living. She talks about being hit on. She talks about so many different things. And and the one thing that I think she she wants is to be loved, which is something that we all aspire to find, you know. And mm-hmm. I think that is something that is universal and worldwide and, and has this universal connection to all of us and has this beautiful feel great song and my favorite moment is that random key change that she puts in right at the <laughs> end of the song yes! it's it, it's just like it's like i'm ready right and right it's like it's, it's like it's like it's like oh it's so good and right, yeah and then your answer yes, I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's right yeah that's me right. that's me like literally like every day for the last like 15 days driving down to yukon <laughs> <laughs> Uh, for my for my comprehensive exams. Am I right? Oh my no, god! No, not at no. all. No, no, <laughs> yes, no. Yes, sir. That is no. But like... I love the fact that you. Sorry, Meredith. I, I just want to mention it since he just mentioned it. I love the fact that you mentioned the modulation. There are so many artists these days, and so few of them use that compositional technique. Mm-hmm. Just a key change that just opens up the piece. It makes it so different it gives it so much more life i mean she could have done the chorus like eight more times but just the fact that there was a key change in there Mm. it makes it sound like a whole different piece it just it takes it to another level it brightens everything up and it 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 really contributes to the build of the song so you're right that modulation out of the blue just who it was refreshing it's really a point because like like, okay no i'm I'm sorry i'm sorry married i'll let you continue but it's like it's like it's like sheesh it's like come on that's Let's move this thing along. It's like, it's like, it's like, um, 
uh, Hanif, I'm, I'm not sure if I'm going to get this right, but I think Beyonce does it in Single Ladies. Like, there's, like, a little bit of, like, a key change, but I'm not sure. She, she does it in Love on Top, and she does it, like, yeah, there are, like, 600 moderations at the right. When right. you think she's done, uh-uh, she's no. not. And, and you know what's funny about that, too, is, like, we talk about pop culture as if it's something that's, like, ongoing. But, but Hanif brought it up when we were talking about players, which was, like, there's just so many layers of history that's just that we don't talk about when we talk about popular culture. When we talk about popular culture, we think about what's new. What are they doing? Like, why is this so important? But Hanif brought up the really important point, which is like, where did all this stuff come from? Like, Lizzo had heard Beyonce do that and was like, I'm going to do this in my song and make it even not that much better. And not that I'm trying to compare apples and oranges, but I'm like, what I'm saying is like, both of these artists have risen to the top because of their way of thinking and their compositional like thought of like, yes, this is what I want to do. Well, know? yeah. And they're working in a genre that has like such a rich, uh, yeah, such a rich history. And that's mm -hmm. why it's like, right. It's so refreshing right. to hear even just, I mean, it's not even like some sort of brilliant key change, right? It's, I mean, it's, it's just a key change, but we don't even hear that much in pop no. music anymore. You know, it's like, no. it's gotten so bland and boring that like a key change for us, we're like, oh, thank God. <laughs> Oh my God, a technique, you know? Right. Like, oh, you know, a conscious technique. Uh, right. Um, it's funny that you bring up Beyonce because I was thinking about Beyonce too. I was like, yeah. I, I love like her most recent album. I, it was on repeat for me for like two months. Um, but like her version, like, and that album is very much like female empowerment, mm -hmm. but it's a much kind of like almost more aggressive. It's kind of badass. Mm -hmm. And Lizzo's badass is kind of a more vulnerable badassery. Right. And I think that's what really I mean, that speaks to me. And I think that is what kind of speaks in general. It's just mm -hmm. you can hear you can hear her vulnerability and your own vulnerability. We we know like right. and even in this song being like, am I ready? Like, am I ready to move? Am I ready to be loved? Like, do I love myself? Yeah, that and is. And then you start crying, and then you put the leg warmers on, and you move on. Yeah. Yeah, and that is, <laughs> and that is, and that is such a big aspect of her music as well. Like, am I ready to move on? Am I ready to yeah. move on with my life? Because she, again, like all of us, experience love, heartbreak, and what it's like to just live in a dog eat dog world. You know. Yeah. Right. Beyonce so, is like, yeah, I've got the self confidence, and Lizzo is like, I don't know if I have the self confidence, but I'm gonna try anyway. That's what I love about Lizzo. It's yeah. just. I'm going to just, we're going to just try it anyway. We're going to keep, we're going to keep trying. We're going to do this together. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Cool. Well, I think, I think it is time. If you want to put your leg warmers on, this is a good time to do it because it's time to take a break, <laughs> which is sponsored by Spotify for podcasters, formerly Anchor. If you'd like to support this podcast, please go to anchor.com and you can also search Music Speaks podcast on multiple listening platforms such as Apple Music, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Spotify, and many more. And we will be, I'm so glad you put this pun in here, just <laughs> we will be right back. <laughs> so don't go anywhere. There is more music on the way. I'm Meredith Newman. And I'm Hanif Lawrence. And remember to keep listening to what you love.